Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, well, this will be uh, not be uh, a couple of days to get you ready for the game on Thursday between the Elks and the Toronto Argos because, as of course you know, that game is not going to be played on Thursday and, quite frankly, may not be played at all. We'll see if the Elks wind up forfeiting that game or if it'll get shoehorned into the schedule at a later date. But all the news breaking here over the last day and a half or so, and we got an update from the Elks this afternoon They now have nine players with positive COVID tests, five tested positive uh, or uh, five from yesterday, four more revealed today. So nine positive tests since the team returned from Vancouver. And remember, Kwaku Boating uh, also in COVID protocol from before the Elks uh, went on that trip. Uh, I was told that it's about 97 people who are so-called tier one, tier one personnel with the Elks, so that's players and staff that are, are close to the team. So you have about 10% of those people right now with a positive test. The uh, Elks facility is shut down for seven days. So if they are going to play in Toronto, then you're looking at, I mean, maybe next Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe, and, and I think that's a pretty big maybe. And then Labor Day in Calgary is is two weeks from today. So, I mean, I guess you could play in Toronto and then both teams would have a, a short week for their respective Labor Day games. The Elks always play Calgary, Toronto plays Hamilton. So we'll see how that shakes down. Still, Still a lot more to figure out here and still possibly more positive tests coming out of the Elks locker room as as this progresses. So Chris Presson, the president and CEO of the team, spoke this afternoon. So, look, here, here's the situation. The Elks are, are, are the first team in the CFL to have a problem of, of this extent where they, where they have this many players and uh, who have tested positive and where they are actually the cause for a game being postponed. So I asked Chris Preston on the Zoom call today, what are the Edmonton Elks failing to do that the other eight CFL teams uh, apparently are doing? No, Reed, I wish I had the answer to that. And uh, if I did, I'd be paid a million dollars a minute. Right now, I don't have that answer. Um, Again, it's it's invisible. So where you get it, how you get it, where our players got it, I I unfortunately couldn't tell you that. If If I knew the answer to that, I would be happy to share it. Um, but again, that's what makes it so dangerous. You can do everything right. And, uh, even when you do everything right, things can go wrong. And I believe we've done everything right. And, um, if not, we'll certainly, that'll come to the forefront. Uh, but I've not heard that to date and I don't plan on hearing our players are very well informed. They understand the protocols quite well. And, um, you know, certainly it's a challenge when you're in tier one and you're in a bubble for a lengthy period of time and you're limited as to where you can go and what you can do. Certainly that could create some challenges. I just don't think we're there, but uh, nonetheless, the invisibility of it and where you get it is uh, yet to be determined. 
All right, so uh, Chris Preston did not name the the players who have uh, tested positive here. He did say some are vaccinated and some are not. He didn't give any further breakdown because of that. Uh, He was asked by John Sexsmith over at at Global Television specifically about Trevor Harris and Craig Ellingson. Uh, If if they are the positive tests, uh, they are not. I can tell you that for sure. Quarterback Trevor Harris uh, is is not one of these positive tests. And... uh, Chris Preston indicating that Craig Ellingson is not as well. I, I don't know if the names are going to be announced here as this moves along. Kwaku Boating was announced last week as he didn't play against the BC Lions. So now we see what happens here. And a, a few things could happen. I mean, it is quite possible. I, I mean, look, and we'll we'll hear some comments from Chris Preston as we move along tonight. Dave Campbell is going to hop on the show to talk about this more as well. But it's very possible that this game against the Argos does not get played ever. It's, it is certainly within the realm of possibility that this game is a forfeit and a victory awarded to the Toronto Argos and that the Edmonton Elks players would not get paid for the game. That, that is certainly a realistic possibility. I, I think, you know, I was just talking about, could you shoehorn in next Tuesday or Wednesday? I think it's highly unlikely that this game gets played before Labor Day. I, I think it's highly unlikely. If you look at the timing, if you look at the uh, Elks facility being shut down for seven days, and, and if there are more positive tests tomorrow or Wednesday, and again, we don't know, but I got to take you through all the scenarios, and this is kind of a worst-case scenario, but we, we have to acknowledge it, that every time there's a positive test, the, the seven-day clock restarts. Right. So if, if you get positive tests going Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's longer and longer until you can start practicing. And then and then you're not talking about playing the Argos. You're talking about going into Labor Day, possibly with limited preparation. But anyway, uh, let, let's have the comment here from Chris Presson on on options for the Argos game to be played. Uh, I don't know that uh, the league is working on the scheduling with Toronto. Uh, I haven't been involved in that, those conversations uh, right now because we're certainly trying to work with Toronto on making sure the game can be played when and where. So I know there are options. I just haven't seen them yet. From our end, certainly we've been working um, on this crisis since uh, the word go on these positive cases, and we've had little time to focus on, frankly, anything else. But as I said earlier, I'm confident the game will be played. Uh, I don't see a cancellation. I see a, a postponement, as stated yesterday, within the statement, and looking forward to getting that game back on the schedule. Okay. Well, I, I have to be honest with you here, everybody. And look, Chris Preston is the president and CEO of the team. He's talking to the league about it. The league's trying to reschedule it. I'm not confident the game is going to be played. I, I'm not ruling it out. But if you ask me uh, on a scale if I was confident or not confident, I, I would say I'm not confident the game is going to be played. I, I certainly don't believe it'll be played before Labor Day. Now, as we know with, well, in the world in general, whether it's COVID or not, things can change. And, but especially in the COVID world, we've seen things go uh, back and forth. I mean, you, re- you may remember from the Oilers season, Jesse Pugliarvi being held out of a game and then the, the next day being able to fly back from uh, Montreal to Edmonton because it, it was a false positive test. So so things can change. But I, again, I'm just talking about the timing, the, the seven days of the team not being able to use their facility, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think it gets played before before Labor Day. There is no common bye week for the Elks and the Argos. Um, I, I mean, certainly, 
I suppose the Argos would like the home date if if they could get it. I also don't think they should have to rearrange their entire schedule, which would involve other games being arranged uh, just to get this game in. That's how I look at it. We'll see what the league decides to do. If they decide to make it a short week along the way for uh, one or both of the teams, you know, and, and, and obviously the, the league knew going into the season that there might be situations where games might have to be um, rescheduled. But that's just my read on the situation. Chris Preston says he's confident that it's going to be played at some point. He, he was also asked, could this game, that is a Toronto home game, could it be played in Edmonton at some point? I think it is a possibility. I think um, the league thus far, and, and again, my limited communication just because of my focus here, uh, has been really proactive in making sure that we look at all our to all alternative all alternatives. Sorry, um, and certainly that would seem to to be one that makes sense if indeed they don't have the date in their building. Uh, I would think that the Argos would not want to give up the home game, though. I mean, may, who knows? Maybe it could be just swapped with another date. Uh, I don't know. So, but again, I, I mean, I think it's prudent here to to look ahead and to recognize uh, the timing of this, to think about what we've seen happen in other leagues. I mean, we had in the National Hockey League. I, I mean, we saw what what uh, you know we saw Vancouver and Montreal, for example, with huge gaps in their schedules. The the Oilers wound up having an unexpected week between games, even though they weren't the team that was hit with COVID. So, you know, once this happens and, and it affects a team that it, it can take a while, it's not like, okay, a couple days, everybody stay away. Again, it, it's seven days away from the facility. So that takes us to, to next Monday, next Tuesday, before you get back on the practice field. And that is a best case scenario. So I did ask Chris Preston today, could this affect the Labor Day game? Yeah, really good question. I think we're a bit too early to determine where we are with Labor Day. I would suggest because this is such a moving target that um, we need to see what the tests the remainder of this week produce. Hopefully they're all negative, and if not, um, we have to react to that. I would say once we get to and through the weekend, that would be the Mendoza line, if you ask me, on the Labor Day game. Okay, so... We hope there's a Labor Day game. Again, I, I think it's quite unlikely this game against Toronto is played before Labor Day. Possible it, it's stuck in next week, but but we're at least probably eight or nine uh, days away from that happening. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks to Dave Campbell and Brendan Escott for running the show last week while I had the week off. Kellen Kennedy's your studio operator this week. We'll, we'll, talk, uh, we'll continue looking into this elk story with the COVID situation as we move along tonight. Dave Campbell's going to be on between 6.30 and 7. Between 7 and 7.30 tonight, we're, we're going to talk about uh, a much more uplifting story, and that's the Edmonton Stingers once again winning the CEBL title. Jordan Baker, one of my all-time favorite guys to talk to, been covering him since he played for the University of Alberta. He's now also the head coach at Nate. He scored the clinching basket yesterday afternoon at the Expo Center to give the Stingers the title over the Niagara River Lions. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. The hotline, 780-496-0063, is presented by CertainTeed Professional-Grade Building Materials. I believe we have a couple of folks who want to jump in on the hotline. We'll get to them when, they, when we get back.
all for tuning in tonight. So the uh, latest from the Edmonton Oaks today, uh, f- a total of nine positive COVID cases, five yesterday, four more announced this afternoon. So nine since the return from Vancouver. And, uh, well, it was already announced last night, the game against the Toronto Argos postponed on Thursday. No makeup date announced. And I think we have to recognize the possibility that it may not be made up. This could result in a forfeiture for the Edmonton Elks and a one nothing loss officially on the schedule. Okay, we'll go to Matt from Section O on the open line. Section O, good to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. So I'm just quickly going through the... The Elks and Argos schedule here, and buddy, I think I'm with you. They're going to have to forfeit this game because the next longest gap that we have is September 28th to August 8th, but the Argos got a game in on the 6th. So, like, if you look at logistic-wise, travel, game day prep, and recovery, um, yeah, man, I'm with you. Uh, I think the Elks should just straight give up the L and prep as much as they can for Labor Day, that's just the best thing that you can do right now because not only that is if you reschedule this game, and I kind of went through the other team's schedules as well, the CFL didn't do a lot of wiggle room in case this thing was to happen, which is why they came out and made that statement saying, if this happens, you're going to forfeit your game, and then uh, whatever metric it was, how many vaccinated, you lose your game check, which is another thing that's going to really watch out as the days go by, the divisiveness that's going to open up with the CFL and the CFLPA, so uh, this was the first one to happen. The fireworks are on, but in my opinion, give up the L, prep for Calgary. This game's done, and the CFL has to put a line in the sand and says, you guys made an error, you screwed up, whatever it was. Sorry, we're carrying on. Bye. And uh, have a good day, Reed. Okay, thanks, Matt. That's Matt from Sectional. Well, and that, I mean, talking about, okay, so you're shut down from seven days. I don't think they're going to make the Elks fly to Toronto and play a game with zero days of practice. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that the Elks are cleared to gather as a team on Monday and uh, fly to Toronto Tuesday and play the game next next Wednesday. I don't think that's a very realistic scenario to me either, which is why I'm skeptical the game gets played before Labor Day. And I'm also a bit skeptical it, it gets played at all, as uh, Matt from Section O alluded to as well. All right, we also have Randy on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Randy. Hi, Reid. First of all, I have to say I really enjoyed your show. I've listened to it for a long time and heard you on the Oilers post-game thing. You and Rob Brown do really good work, and you've got a nice manner, too. But the reason reason I was phoning was uh, my question is, well, look, if the Toronto... Does Toronto lose their paycheck, the Toronto Argonauts, uh, for this game or not? No. They don't, eh? here's Here's the rule, Randy. First of all, if a team is responsible for the game not being played, so let's say the game eventually does get cancelled, it would be, in the eyes of the CFL, it would be the Elks' fault because they're the ones that had the players with COVID, and they would take the loss. Furthermore, if a team has 85% or less of the team with one needle, which I'm pretty sure the Elks are below that, then also the players don't get paid. So this is why, and Chris Preston was asked about today, that's why there's also the potential for this to divide locker rooms. But but do the Argos not get paid? No, they would be paid. Oh, they'll be paid, okay. Yeah, they're getting paid. It's not. It's it's in the eyes of the CFL, it would not be their fault that this game didn't happen. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. Yes, I understand that. I sound yeah. like Chris Chris Preston in his interview thought he's over eighty five percent. That's the take I took on his answer. Uh, well, he was asked 
uh, I don't know if you saw the raw thing. He was asked if the Elks have the lowest vaccination rate in the league because I, I was told that a couple weeks ago myself. And he said they weren't. Um, I, I don't know if they're actually over 85. I, I would doubt it, I think, given um, what it appears to be the attitude with some of the players. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your work and keep it up, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, look forward to listening to you. Okay, thanks for tuning in, uh, Randy. So yeah, so that that's another thing that you got to remember here, that if if the the team that causes the forfeiture doesn't meet the the vaccination threshold, that the all the players would not be paid. the The entire roster would not be paid, vaccinated or not. Now there was also a provision in there that if both teams were responsible for the game not being played, they would both lose the game, which is a whole other uh, logical argument about how both teams can lose a game. Anyway, uh, here is um, here's here's Chris Preston asked about the vaccination rate on the Elks. I can't tell you the exact percentage. I would say it's greater than uh, than not. Uh, that's about all the information I can get you there. We have a large um, portion of our players and coaches who are vaccinated, as well as our front office staff. So uh, we're uh, we've got a fairly high vaccination rate, but it can always be better. All right. So that so that's what he said today. He said fairly high, and the numbers that the CFL put out a couple of weeks ago was that there was one team whose uh, I believe the lowest rate was 67%. And, and, and I believe that was just one uh, needle, not fully vaccinated. So anyway, man, oh man, I never thought I'd be talking this much about uh, vaccinations on a sports show, but that's where we are at, unfortunately in the world. And uh, we will not have a game for you on this station on Thursday. You're going to be stuck with me for all five nights this week, but Dave Campbell is going to hop on to further break this down. He knows a lot about the Elks schedule, the preparation time for a football game. So I want to ask him how realistic it would be to play this game in Toronto next week and uh, how this could, could shake down for the rest of the season as uh, the Oaks are trying to make the playoffs. They didn't exactly start the season well to do that. Back after the news, it's Inside Sports on Chet. Well, then, ideally, we'd be talking more about Jonathan Rose and the Elks defense doing a pretty good job against Mike Riley on Thursday and then getting ready for, uh, I would call, a surprisingly good Toronto Argonauts team this coming Thursday. But instead, we talk about that game not being played and the uh, status of future Elks games in limbo. Now, I'm not suggesting they're going to lose the season or anything like that, but I am suggesting this game in Toronto is uh, highly in question, and this could, absolute worst-case scenario, this could even impact the uh, Labor Day game in Calgary two weeks from today. I hope not, but if we're going to cover all the bases, that is uh, one area we have to talk about. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Dave Campbell was filling in for me last week, and, of course, he's our color analyst on our Elks broadcast, and he's going to hop on the show right now. Dave, thanks for uh, jumping in the chair last week. You did a great job uh, hosting as I got some time off, and I enjoyed the Elks game on uh, Thursday as they uh, they were the better team ultimately against the Lions. And yes. uh, Friday was a day to celebrate the win and then get ready for the uh, week to ramp up. And then yesterday morning practice. And, and look, I, I should clarify, Dave, the – it, it is my belief 
that the Elks were ready to announce the COVID situation yesterday morning. And for some reason, the league said, no, 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 don't, don't say anything. Don't, don't say anything. Just say there's no practice, which was absurd because then it's clearly a COVID situation if you're canceling practice three days after the game. I mean, if there'd been if it, there'd been a game Saturday and then you cancel the practice on Sunday, okay, the coach decided to reward the players with a day off. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder too about the league's role in this as well, and if they're handling things as smoothly as possible. Just something bouncing around in the back of my mind here too. Yeah, I, I thought about how this was handled. Period, and. Look, the, the, the league told the Elks not to say anything. And, uh, you know, that's, I mean, they're in charge, right? So, but, you know, when I started to get nervous, Reed, is when I was, uh, when I landed in Vancouver on Wednesday and I got the uh, notification that uh, Kwaku Botang had tested positive and wouldn't play, then I got nervous because I'm like, okay, so clearly the team got away. No one else has tested positive. Now the next round is tomorrow morning the day of the game they pass that test they play the game they win and then they leave and then it's like i'm thinking to myself okay well hopefully this means that they're going to be okay and then when that notice came out that they're canceling practice for no reason or no reason given i'm like okay this is uh this is not good because because usually you'll hear i mean we heard the word or the phrase regeneration day which we we went to town with during training camp regeneration day. That's great. Uh, but we heard nothing. And, uh, that's, uh, that's not, uh, you know, I, I had an ominous feeling and it just, it didn't, you know, obviously until the club says it or the league says it, it's not, but it sure felt like a COVID issue. And it was, um, there's a lot going on here. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it does matter, I suppose, uh, which players have COVID if it reaches the point that, they may not be able to play in a future game. Um, Justin Dunk has just put out that Trevor Harris uh, is one of the positive tests. I information I received today and what Chris Preston said in his availability that Trevor Harris is not one of the positive tests, that he's not and one I of just, the nine. Yeah, I just I actually clarified this a minute ago, and I've been told the same information by the club. This is, this is a false report. That is, that is a false report. Trevor Harris is yep. not one of the positive COVID tests out of this, out of this group of nine. So anyway, yeah. uh, there's nine of them. And as a result, there's not going to be a game on Thursday. So uh, let me ask you about the timing because, okay. So the facility is shut down for seven days. They play in Calgary two weeks from today. If you're going to play in Toronto, okay. Seven days from now is uh, sure next Monday or Tuesday, depending on, on how you work the count, but that is with zero days practice. I don't think they would make the Elks play with zero days practice. I so, don't think they would either. So can, can you play this game when? Next Thursday to give them a couple days on the field and then both teams play on three days rest on Labor Day against their provincial rivals? I, I, again, that's why I'm skeptical that this Elks-Argos game is played yeah. prior to Labor Day and then that's why I have to bring up the point that it could result in a forfeiture for Edmonton. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, going to be very dicey. And when you hear the facility has been closed for seven days, uh, that doesn't bode well because the team can't get on the field. And, 
you know, I'm trying to remember the NFL cancellations. I believe the Tennessee Titans played without having a practice. So there is that possibility, but I, I would think that the Elks would have to sign off on it and the Argos would have to agree to it, and they'd probably go, sure, fine. You know, um, If I recall, the Titans won that game. I think they crushed the Bills that day. Um, but, yeah, I, I think next week is is not looking as promising as I hoped, and I didn't know clearly but before I heard Chris Preston speak, but the way Chris Preston was speaking, it didn't sound like it was going to be next week. Uh, you know, Now, right. I don't think he had concrete information of when – a rescheduled game could happen, even though he was optimistic. But um, I, I, I'm thinking next week is looking dimmer. And we're at nine positive tests uh, since Sunday morning. Do we think that number is going to stay or is it going to grow? I would imagine it's going to grow. Now, how much it grows, I don't know. And and Chris Preston said there's a mix of all sorts of vaccination rates they're fully you know uh partial and and not vaccinated so um i was hopeful that this game could get going next week maybe it can maybe there's an outside shot but the fact that the team can't even practice um and get together in the next uh you know we're what day two into a seven day period where they have shut the facility down they are meeting virtually but uh, it, it doesn't look good to me, you know, from where I sit, I, I don't, I'm not confident this game will get played before Labor Day either. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm just looking ahead. It, it's tough to know. And now look, the people who do this, the CFL schedule, that's what, what they're paid to do, but it, it's tough for me to see a gap in the schedule that allows it to be played in the fall without moving other games around. And, and you would think and, well, some yeah. other teams, you know, you would think if you're, pick a team the uh ottawa red blacks that you're in you well okay ottawa this game didn't happen so now you have to move this game and you're gonna say whoa 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 this is an elks yeah. issue let's not make it uh a league issue where we all got to reschedule our, our dates because because of this one game so that's why again and and i don't mean to be uh captain negative here i'm not saying it's it's going to happen but I, we have to raise it as a possibility if we're covering this story that this game could be a forfeiture that it could be a one nothing loss for the edmonton elks yeah now i mean could they reopen the facility sunday now we're talking crazy scenarios here but could they open reopen sunday if they're allowed to um practice that day fly to toronto on monday and then play the game tuesday yeah i don't know crazier That's, things have happened but it's possible right it's but, yeah i guess it depending if you, if you count but i think the seven day count well i guess if they say we're going to start the seven day count today then you could go well i, I don't know if that works like yeah because i would think you'd have to go i i would think monday would be the earliest the facility could open one yeah, week from yeah, today. Yeah. So, but I, but I understand what you're saying. Maybe, you know, maybe if there's a, they, maybe they give them a day there or if they think, okay, we're, we're fine. So, right. Could they give them one or two practice days and you play next Tuesday or Wednesday? Maybe. To me, maybe. that's the, that's the only way it happens. Yeah, so you're not rescheduling think... the Labor Day game. They're the, they're the, the one no. thing, like you're not no. you're not rescheduling the Labor Day games. You're not going to say, okay, Edmonton will just play Toronto on the the Tuesday the seventh, <laughs> and now Calgary and Hamilton will play on Labor Day. You're not giving no. up those games. 
because that's a sponsored day for the CFL too. Like there, there's a there's a sponsor attached to that, I believe, still. So there's there's revenue coming in for the league. So they're not they're not changing it. Labor Day is their day. It's the biggest regular season uh, day in 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 the in the in the season. So you're not moving it. You're absolutely not moving it. And you know, here's a problem. Like, could they play Wednesday or Thursday? I guess, but then you're forcing two teams to play three three games in nine, ten days. The game right, of football because then the rematches, right? Yeah. So um I think we're looking at I don't know if this this is going to be a forfeit next week. Maybe they, there's another scenario they could look at, but there's really not a lot of wiggle room in the schedule to uh, to reschedule a game. Even though Randy Ambrosia said, and he said it on this show, what about a day after or the day of when it was announced that the the, uh, the vaccine policy and the eighty five percent rule and the and then the you know what when they will get to a point of when they cancel a game instead of postponing a game. I mean, this is hard to do with the schedule. I mean, there's no real gaps. You're you're telling a team basically to give up a bye week, and then that's an unfair advantage. And football's all about, you know, making sure the other side doesn't have an unfair advantage over you. So, you know, that's why I'm thinking, judging from the facility as close to what Chris Preston said today, because he didn't come out and say next week's possibility. I mean, he doesn't really know. I mean, and I, I think... It's Tuesday tomorrow, and if they were going to get back on the field to play Monday, they would have to be Thursday, but that's not happening. Tuesday, if they're going to play Tuesday, it has to be Friday. You know, so I, I think they're just running out of runway here. So I don't know where else they could play this. And like you said, you're, you're, you're correct. Why would the Winnipeg Blue Bombers or the, the Calgary Stampeders or any other team want to be affected by this and mess up their schedule to accommodate one team who, to be frank, um, has an issue with COVID cases. This is 12 since the season started. 12. Um, so I think the walls are closing in on the Elks if they're going to get this game in. I hope they can. I really, really do. But, you know, I think the walls are closing in on this possibility. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll get to a couple other clips here from Chris Preston be, be, uh, before the uh, end of the show, because there, there is some other uh, news here about fans needing to be vaccinated or have a negative test to go to games in uh, Calgary, both in the Saddle Dome at McMahon here as we move along. I, I do, Dave, look, I'd love to talk about an actual football game. Um, so let's do that. Sure. Because <laughs> we, we saw some other, yeah, we saw some other ones over the weekend. I, I mean, if, um, Here's my question for you. Who's the third best team in the league? Because I'm going to put Saskatchewan one, and I'm still going to put Winnipeg two, even though they lost in Toronto on Saturday. Maybe you'll disagree Mm -hmm. with that. But I'll ask you the question that way. Who's the third best team in the league? The Toronto Argonauts. Yep. Toronto Argonauts. You think they're the real deal, eh? I do. I think Arbuckle is the correct choice to be a quarterback because of the uh, relationship he has with head coach Ryan Dinwiddie with their days back at the Calgary Stampeders. Um, look, here's, look, everyone loves McLeod Bethel Thompson because he throws the ball downfield and it's spectacular because we love the big play. I, I do, you do. It's, you know, that's nice. Here's a typical McLeod Bethel Thompson day. So he's uh, 35 for 47 for 372 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, that's a fun day that's fun football it is sure um and then the next week mcleod bethel thompson is eight of of 27 
maybe that's too too much. I'll just say eight of 27 for 92 yards and three interceptions and a lost fumble. You know, like he's he's inconsistent. Nick Arbuckle, and I know he was only four and three two years ago in in uh, in spot duty for uh, or in in relief duty of Bo Levi Mitchell, who missed the first what eight games of the season in 2019 um, or seven games, I guess. He was pretty good, um, even though he had that four and three record. But I, I just look at Nick Arbuckle and the balance he brings to that offense. They have a good running game now with uh, John White and this newcomer, DJ Foster, that rushed for 10 times for 101 yards and a touchdown against the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They got good receivers and Eric Rogers and and uh, Ricky Collins, who we've seen here. Uh, hopefully, DeVaris Daniels is okay. Uh, and a good defense where I think from front four to linebacker to the secondary, I think they're really balanced. So I would say right now that, you know, I want to say the Alouettes, but then Vernon Adams and the receivers had a stinker of a game against the Calgary Stampeders. And I've seen that too much out as spectacular of an offense as they have. That, that, that drives me crazy when I see, see games like that from Vernon Adams and, and that receiving group. So right now I would say the Argos are the third best team in the league. All right. Well, Dave, thanks for chatting. Uh, obviously, we will both keep following this story, and we'll keep people updated here on Chet on an Inside Sports, buddy. Have a great evening. Every time my phone dings or my email dings, I get I get nervous now. So hopefully, we'll get some better news throughout the week. But anytime, buddy, always great great to come on our show. Okay. That's Dave Campbell, the producer of this show and the uh, color analyst for our Elks broadcast here on 630 Chet. So no Elks game on Thursday, up to uh, now nine positive tests since they got back from Vancouver. And uh, we wait and see what happens next and if and when this game against the Argos will in fact be played. It's 648. It's Inside Sports on Chet. And just to clarify here, it is uh, the Edmonton Elks uh, repeating what uh, they said this afternoon. The uh, the report tonight from Justin Dunk that Trevor Harris is one of the Elks who has tested positive is false. So uh, Trevor Harris, not one of the Elks' nine positive COVID tests over the past couple of days. And uh, I believe they'll be we'll be getting some sort of a statement from the Elks here in the near future. If it comes out before 8 o'clock tonight, I shall provide it for you here on Inside Sports. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Man, oh man, we'll, we'll have a little more upbeat story in the next half hour of the show. Jordan Baker is going to be on the show. One of the all-time greats to ever play for the University of Alberta. He was a Golden Bears basketball player, now a forward with the Edmonton Stingers. Scored the game-ending bucket last night, I guess yesterday afternoon, as Edmonton beat Niagara to win their second consecutive Canadian Elite Basketball League championship. I can also tell you this, Calgary Sports and Entertainment announcing earlier today that they are implementing a COVID-19 vaccination policy. It'll require all fans who are eligible to receive the vaccine. It'll also require event staff and employees to be fully vaccinated for attendance at live events at the Saddle Dome and at McMahon Stadium. 
They are looking at September 15th as the policy date. So, uh, you know, the, would, this would not be in effect for the Labor Day game against the Elks, but obviously it would be in effect for, uh, I guess, the Western Hockey League season at the Saddle Dome. It would be uh, in effect for all Calgary Flames games as well. So that is uh, the latest there. And uh, we're seeing this across the country now. That we have seen, uh, who do we have? The Leafs, the Jets, the uh, Flames, the Canucks, the Canadians, uh, that fans are going to have proof of vaccine or in, in the Leafs case, I believe it's negative test with the Leafs is also an option for entry to games. Senators and Oilers still looking at their options. I, I think this is coming from OEG. Uh, I don't know when they're going to announce it, but I think there are some strong indications here that there will be something for OEG as well, where you'll need proof of vaccination or perhaps proof of a, of a recent negative test to be able to go to an Oilers or an Oil Kings game. And I would assume this would go to, well, who knows if we're getting concerts back at Rogers Place in the near future or anything like that. But but I would think that's, uh, that's coming for OEG as well. Chris Preston today, president and CEO of the Elks was asked that question. Will fans need to be vaccinated at some point to come to games at Commonwealth Stadium? Haven't had those conversations yet, Jerry. Um, we'll be having those conversations to at least have the discussion. As you know, we have no restrictions in our province right now, so I need to talk to all the key stakeholders, of which I'm one. But we'll be having those conversations to see where it leads us in, in the coming days. Yeah, and Chris Preston has said that in the past that, um, and he he said this when he when he held an availability at the stadium right before the season started that it, it, right now there are no restrictions on gatherings in the province, and uh, that the Elks are comfortable following the uh, the rules from AHS or or in this case uh, I suppose the lack of any rules about gatherings or crowds or masks or anything like that. So th- that's where the Elks stand right now. Clearly, they could change. Uh, they got a couple home games down out of uh, seven off the schedule. They don't have another one coming up until September 11th. All right, so that is the uh, Elk story. Nine players positive since yesterday morning. No game on Thursday against the Argos, and uh, we don't know when it will be rescheduled. All right. Jordan Baker is coming up. We're also giving away some golf passes to Edmonton Springs before the end of the show. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.